Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have the feast of the conception of St. Anne, the conception of the Mother of God in St. Anne. We also have this of makes perfect sense that we would also commemorate Anna, the mother of the prophet Samuel, as many of the events in the life of Joachim and Anna, and then of the mother of God, the Theotokos, echo the story of Hannah and Samuel. When we think about the saints, when we read their lives, we encounter the holiness that was the union of Joachim and Anna that brought Mary into the world, we tend to, or at least on some level, this is a natural reaction of, that is a height that I don't understand. It's hard for me to comprehend. And it's hard for me to comprehend because I might get little snips, little, you know, little bits where I might be able to see what a life of holiness would be like. And there is within that gap between the ideal and the reality an opportunity for despair, or there's an opportunity for repentance, something actually working within you to desire something better, something more, something more alive, life-giving than what it is that you tend to spend your time, your money, your energy, even your eyes and what it takes in, where that's directed. Especially as we read the lives of the saints and contemplate what they contemplated. We have in the church many tools given for us, and it was actually hearing the psalms this evening that I was again reminded of the importance of the Psalter and the reading, the chanting of the Psalter in the Orthodox Church, but also in the private devotions of Orthodox Christians. There's a canon in the church that used to require, you can ask maybe the next time you're at a bishop for them to start reciting the Psalms for you, there used to be the expectation that if you were to be consecrated a bishop, that you had the entire Psalter memorized. The whole thing. That was just the beginning. They also basically assumed that you had the Gospels memorized, that you were very conversant in Scripture, that you would have known when you come to a feast like this and you would see the themes, that you, of course, hear the echoes of the Old Testament stories. There's somebody recently who asked me, why is the Orthodox Church? We have a lectionary for the New Testament, epistles, gospel. It only seems that we have assigned Old Testament readings uh, at particular feast days. And it's for the Vespers, right? That we have some Old Testament readings. And my response was basically, because the church assumes, so I should have caveat, sorry, sidestep. The church does have a lectionary for the Old Testament during Lent. Genesis, Proverbs, and Isaiah, okay? With some prophets in there and the hours sprinkled in there. But 
It does not have a normal lectionary, which is actually something in my understanding really didn't start occurring until like the 20th century in the Roman Catholic Church or certain Protestant churches that they actually developed an Old Testament lectionary to be read on a Sunday morning, much less throughout the rest of the week. My basic response was because the church basically assumes that you're reading the Old Testament scriptures. It, it does not uh, prescribe. Uh, it gives you a running, you know, lectionary so that you make sure that you get through the epistles and the gospels in a year. But it doesn't have a particular lectionary for the Old Testament. And it is the Psalter, actually, that is, now that I'm actually thinking about my answer to this person even more, <laughs> actually, we do have a lecture in the Old Testament. It's mostly just the Psalter that is assigned in the pathismas of the hours and when you are to say the particular pathismas, and it's assigned throughout the week. Because if you read the Psalms, you're hearing constant echoes, themes, persons, etc., of the Old Testament. And you either, as sometimes I do when reading the Psalms, I have to go, what was the rebellion in what? Or what was what? So I had to go look because I want to try and understand. The Psalms are replete throughout our services. They are the backbone of our services. The Vespers is basically psalms interspersed with hymns written later by other saints, but almost the entirety of Vespers is just a variety of psalms. The beginning, uh, Lord I Fall, that is two psalms put together and then interspersed with hymnody. Uh, there is assumed a deep, deep familiarity with the psalms. Because the Psalms are a ladder for us. <clears throat> they feed you, even if you're at the bottom of the ladder, as you look up towards our Lord. And as the growth in God, it feeds you the entire way. Because it itself forms you, it shapes you, it gives you language. And hearing the Psalms tonight, there are certain things I remember as a kid, reading the Psalms and just being like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, people don't like me. I'm like 12, I'm like, I don't really have any enemies. <laughs> I don't really have anybody who doesn't dislike me. Maybe that girl gave me a weird look because I splashed water on her or something silly and stupid as you know as kids are wont to do and just poking. Ellie and Joseph are really at the poking stage right now with each other. But the Psalms give you, as you experience the vocabulary in which God can be active, and hearing the Psalms tonight. That is God acting in particular ways. It's not just me kind of wandering around doing things and I kind of remember God from time to time. But there are the realities, the struggles, my own internal struggles, spiritual struggles to love and desire God the way I should. And then the struggles that I have or that come to me that I maybe even produce and bring upon myself that then the Psalms are able to give you the vocabulary, the images, to actually sanctify those things, to see it as something, as a godly struggle, as something that God is active in, and not just something just kind of happening. Because most of the time, we just kind of live our lives. We go from meal to meal, from interaction to interaction. But it is the Psalms that really help us 
to echo last week in St. Porphyrio's talking about if you want to become a Christian, you must first become a poet. The Psalms give you the vocabulary, the images, and they themselves shape and form you to want the things of God when you're in the midst of struggle, to see God actually active in the midst of that struggle and not just distant from you, or the times when he does seem distant from you, or others seem distant from you, and it seems like it's because you are trying to, and this is something you can discern, trying to do good. Or maybe it's because you did something stupid, something sinful that has caused chaos, that has done something to fall apart around you. It is the Psalter that the church commends to us in regular reading to help us, to give us that ladder to grow in holiness such that all aspects of our lives can be embraced within the pursuit of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.